Hi, my name is our Lillian Kate Bushlawn, manager at Bushlawn Funeral Home. We can be reached at 205-786-3449. And you are now watching Rebuke. Hello, everyone. This is Marcus, and you're now listening to the Rebuke Podcast. I'd like to thank everyone for your support, and this is the first podcast episode in the year 2022. I know it's been a, young, a, a long year, and COVID keeps transforming like the Decepticons, <laughs> so it'll be hard for me to go back into the studio and do live uh, interviews, but Zoom is where it's at for right now. Um, we got a great topic today. Um, hopefully it'll be, it, it will connect from the last episode when we talked about, um, grief, grieving, um, helping the grief uh, black people that are grieving in the community. So, um, well, I would like to get into it and, 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 and we have a, I have a lovely guest that's very experienced in the topic. So you already know about my podcast. We don't care about your opinions. We all, we care about is facts. So, um, in order to bring you facts is to bring people that, uh, that deals with the facts. So, um, this next topic, um, I saw this video years ago. I mean, years ago, about five, six years ago. Uh, and this black man is like telling the truth about the funeral industry. And he elaborates and he talks about how he puts on a fake fasana like he really cares about the family and all that just to try to get all the life insurance money you know what i'm saying in order for or in order for him to uh, make a profit or make a commission whatever um also within the black community we always we all know we're gonna die someday we don't we don't we can't live forever but we never talk about the end process. We always talk about the beginning and the in between, but we never talk about the end process. So, uh, with that, I I want to talk about um, the funeral industry and and making sure this uh, the black community don't get uh, mistreated in the funeral uh, when it comes down to burying their loved ones. Um, so the title is Scamming the, the Bereaved. So I have, with that said, being said, I have a special guest from Birmingham, Alabama. I'm allow her to uh, uh, tell her uh, tell her about her story, and um, I, she has a unique first name, so I'm not going to but- butcher it because black women are very particular about their names. So Miss Bushland, is that that say that correct? Bushalon. Bushalon. See, I even butchered the last name. Bushalon. 
is on the show today to talk about the funeral industry and try to help the black community be better prepared when it comes down comes down to that special time um, when it's time to uh, cross over and and bury your loved one. How you doing, ma'am? Hi, I'm doing good. My name is Arlillian Kate Bushlawn. Um, I'm the manager at Bushlawn Funeral Home here in Birmingham, Alabama. I've been a part of the funeral industry my entire life, um, professionally working here probably since I was 20. Um, so I've been in the industry professionally for, for about 17 years, um, but known of the business all my life, and I truly love it. And um, one thing that I find with this industry, if it's not in your heart to really be of service to others, then this isn't the industry for you. I was listening to your in, um, your intro and um, just from the clips I have seen of that gentleman you're talking about, mm. clearly he hasn't put on a facade to um, care for a family. I'm sure the families probably picked up on that because families can uh, realize genuineness and um, just concern for the bereaved. And um, I can guarantee you uh, with my family, um, my entire family works in the business. My mom is the president of the funeral home. My dad started the funeral home. He passed away in 2013. Um, my brother actually has two funeral homes here as well. Uh, one he acquired that my dad actually worked at when he um, began in the business. So we truly are a funeral in, um, industry family. Um, we definitely have a heart for the bereaved. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's all I have to say about that. Okay. Great, great. You actually answered the first question, so I'm <laughs> so I'm gonna go into the second question. Okay. Um, when it comes down to getting ready to bury my loved ones, what are the common mistakes that you see black families continue to make when they come in your office? I'm sorry, say it one more time. What are the common mistakes that you see black families make when they come into your office? Common mistakes. Um, I wouldn't say that families make mistakes per se, because they're even if you um, anticipated the death, you're still not prepared when you lose a loved one. Um, so I wouldn't say they make any mistakes when they come into the funeral home. I would say one thing that you want to do um, before going to the funeral home is talk to your family about the expectations of the service. How much are you all wanting to pay for the service? If you have insurance, how much of that insurance you guys are looking to pay? Um, I would say uh, have all your vital information for your loved one, including their mother's maiden name. That's very important for the um, vital records for the death certificate. Um, things of that nature. Just having um, all of your information for your deceased loved one in order. That's about the only thing I can say that families can do in preparation to come in to make the arrangements. Um I wouldn't bring in a lot of people. I think a lot of um, emotions are um, really high when you lose someone and everybody wants to be included on the arrangement process. But unfortunately, because of COVID at my office, we only allow two people per arrangements. Now you're more than welcome to have family members on Zoom or FaceTime so that they can be included. Um, but I would say don't include everyone in the, the decisions when you include a lot of people on decision making it becomes very hard it's already a hard time you're going through so i would say limit the people that are actually in on the decision making so that you can keep down a little confusion oh yeah um 
Now that fig- that that explains why my dad don't keep me <laughs> didn't invite the, the cousins and in, in when our grandmother passed. You know what I'm saying? So I, that's a good that's a good out uh, outtake and a good a uh, good uh, bit of wisdom. Um, now we talked. You, I, I'm assuming you watched the video and the man stated that he was trained to find out how much money insurance money that a family has in order to make them spend the most to spend the most uh, uh, money on the funeral. Mm-hmm. Now, the question is: Is the funeral business a sh- a sh- can the funeral business be a sh- shady hustle hustle? And have you heard any horror stories of families being abused by funeral homes for the sake of capitalism? Um, I can say that there are shady funeral homes, just like there are shady industry businesses and other industries. Um, I won't say all funeral homes, but a good indicator of a funeral home that may not have the interest of the public is your $29.95, $39.95 funeral homes. Not to say the lower end cost funeral homes when they advertise that they can do a funeral as low as $29.95. Those are the funeral homes that I'm a little leery about. Not saying that all funeral homes that you know are the more economical, um, economically priced funeral homes, um, may be a little shady, but that might be your first indicator that things might not be exactly how you wish them to be for your loved one. Um, now just with our training here at the funeral home. Once we do the arrangement process and then we do a bill of sales, which is called the goods and services statement of goods and services. After we get the total, then we ask how you will be paying. So I don't know how, what instrument you're going to be using to pay for the service. I don't know if you're coming out of pocket, if you're using credit card or if you're using insurance. That's one way to show the family that I'm only doing what you all decide for your loved one. I'm a big believer that we don't live cookie cutter lives so that I allow my families to personalize the services as much as they would like to. It could be as economical as they like to, or it could be as extravagant as they would like. But I never want to count anyone's coins. I hear people sometimes say when they're making arrangements, you know, when they bring extra people in, they'll say, well, you got to live. You got to live. Remember, you got to live, too. Well, that's true. But I want every family. That's why I told you at the beginning. I want every family to get in the habit before you go in to make arrangements. Let's talk about the budget. Let's talk about what we're willing to spend. That way, once you come to the funeral home, no matter what funeral directors might try to push on you, you already know your budget and what you want to spend on a service. Um, Some of the warning signs with um, professionalism when they come to the house to make the removal for your, of your loved one, notice how professionally they're dressed, how they address the family. Um, Even when you call the funeral home, do you get a warm welcome when they call when you when they answer the phone? Are they answering your questions? Are they seeming like they're kind of cutting corners? Um, We try our best to explain everything in full. And if you have questions, don't ever hesitate to ask because that's what we're here for. We're here to provide a service. Um, Like I said, there are some shady um, funeral homes and funeral directors in the industry, but you always want to make sure that you're dealing with a licensed funeral director, that they have a licensed embalmer, preferably already on staff, not using a trade embalmer. Trade embalmers are fine. That means that they travel from funeral home to funeral home. But I find it that here at our funeral home, we have two licensed funeral directors, that's me and my cousin. Um, 
it's just always good to know that you have an on-site embalmer as well as a funeral director at the funeral home. Um, you, um, you can cut corners in the funeral industry, but we were raised by, I mean, I think my dad was a pioneer in this industry. He didn't believe in cutting corners. He believed in giving the family what they deserve because of what they paid for. And two, because they even thought about us to, you know, entrust us with their loved one. So if you're walking into a funeral home and you just feel like you know them, you feel like they have um, gone beyond the call of duty, that's a funeral home that you want to entrust with your loved one. Funeral homes that seem like you're another case, you're another number, um, not really attentive to your needs or being available to answer your questions even after hours. Those are some things also that you want to look out for. And I can go on and on about things <laughs> that you can look out for in the industry, but those are just a few things that just come to mind. Um, great answer. Great answer. Now, um, my cousin had to um, bury her father, bury, I believe, last year, and he chose to be cremated. So the next question is, what are the pros or cons versus a traditional burial versus cremation? Do you do at your office, at your business, do you offer cremation? And if so, what? So what are the, the pros and cons? Or what are the benefits of the traditional burial versus cremation? Well, I wouldn't say it's a pro or a con. It's totally your decision on how you want your found disposition. Uh, what I love about uh, funerals, you can always make it's a lot of different decisions you can come to before you get to the final disposition. When I say final disposition, that means burial at sea, burial at a cemetery, cremation, aquamation, which is um, the process of breaking down um, your body down to bones, but instead of by fire, it's by liquid. Um, that's become that's going to become more and more popular. Um, Desmond Tutu that passed away, I think he passed away within this last month. He's really um, sparked the conversation about aquamation. So if you're, um, that's another economical way to um, do a final disposition. Yeah, now, I heard. I heard that. That that's the the is that the Pope or the Cardinal in South Africa that died? Correct. Um, Bishop. Um, Bishop. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah, he just passed away and that's what he decided. It's more of a green type of uh, disposition. Um, it is some chemicals used, um, but it's not taking up the earth, which is one thing that people that are more green um, in thought process worry about um, being buried. That takes up, you know, land. Um, <clears throat> and then also... Um, well, I, I'll tell you this. With cremation, you always have the option to still see your loved one. A lot of people, when they hear cremation, they think that means they won't see their loved one again. You can still be viewed. You can still have a funeral in a casket. And instead of going to the cemetery after the services, you'll be cremated afterwards. So after the service, instead of going to a cemetery, your family might have a repast or they'll just end the services there. Okay. Um, 
cremation is the more economical way to of final disposition. So sometimes people choose that final disposition only because of finances. Um, they may not necessarily want it, you know, the services like that, but because of finances, that's the only way that they can um, ensure that their loved one um, has a proper final disposition. Um, what I do find about services that are memorial services, meaning that the body is not present, it's more personal. It's more of a celebration of the life lived versus um, mourning over a body that you can actually see. Um, with a traditional service, it's just what we uh, we know in the South as a funeral. We know we go, we see um, the body in a casket, there are possibly flowers there, we have a service, and then we go to the cemetery. That's what people are used to. But what I love now, families are more open to personalization. They're open to um, really considering finances before they make selections with final disposition. Um, so really, there are no pros and cons. It just depends on um, where are you economically with um, your final disposition of your loved one, what were their wishes? Do they want to be cremated? A lot of people are just going to cremation because they say it's cheaper and I want my family to be able to, you know, take the money that I leave them and do other things with it. A um, lot of different um, options, but I always tell families do what's best for you because you have to be at peace um, with the loss of your loved one and the decisions that you made to finalize their, um, their rescue place. Okay. Great. Now, like you said, you watched the video. Mm -hmm. um, the man said a good price for a funeral is $5,000. I think he, mm -hmm. he said that. And mm -hmm. in your opinion, and you said you've been in the business, I think, 17 or 20 some years. Mm -hmm. What is a good price for a funeral to bury a loved one? Or there's that no... There's no, there's no price. I don't think there is a price. There, uh, it totally depends upon what you want for your loved one. Um, like I said, you can go the cremation route, direction, direct cremation route, and you can spend under a thousand dollars, or you can have the extravagant funeral. I've done funerals thirty, forty thousand dollars. What? It just depends. Yeah, it just depends on what you want for your loved one. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, that that's well. When you do services like that, that is for someone that was um, a mayor. And okay. yeah, um, that you're looking at uh, programs for thousand people. You're looking at um, sometimes very nice casket that could be a wood or metal casket. Um, flowers, flowers can be very costly. Um, it just depends on what you want. Um, a five thousand dollar funeral. Um, we wouldn't necessarily provide a $5,000 funeral um, because of um, our general price list. And every single funeral home you go to has a general price list. Sometimes they'll abbreviate and say GPL. And basically that general price list should not be trying to compare with the other funeral homes in the area. It should be focusing on what it costs that business to do business. So when you're looking at pricing for funeral homes, you have to consider that. Um, the first line item that you'll see on most general price lists is services of the funeral director and staff. That number is going to greatly change depending on what funeral home you go to. That basically is for you to meet with your funeral director, um, for them to file necessary not um, uh, notices, including your death certificate and a proportion of their overhead. 
what it takes for me to run my funeral home may not cost you know Jane Doe down the street funeral home so that's something that's going to vary in price so you can't really put a price on funerals because there are some funeral homes just the initial pricing from the beginning is five thousand dollars and you haven't selected a casket vault flowers or anything else so I can't say what a good price would be for a funeral it just depends on what area you're in and what um, funeral home you're dealing with oh yeah the video is pretty old so inflation and <laughs> yeah inflation and shortages yeah oh, okay so now i know due to COVID, a lot of our vendors have gone up our casket companies have sent us at least two letters going up in pricing um our fluid company um our florist some of the florists can't even get in certain flowers because of shipments with COVID. so everything has gone up especially in our industry um now now i watched another video okay and this is you know this is a different couple this is a white family in canada so i think uh, i don't know demographics play a factor in the funeral business i'm quite sure it does and i guess they were arguing that the funeral directors or the funeral home was pressuring them to get embalmed the family member to be embalmed and they didn't really want that can you express? Can you explain the embalmed um, pr- process? And does it doesn't necessarily have to be done in order for you to to bury your loved one? Now, if you want to bury your loved one, but you don't want them embalmed, you can do that. Now, embalming is for preservation and presentation and sanitation of your loved one. So, if you want to do viewing, um, anything of that nature, your loved one needs to be embalmed. But if you would like to do a direct burial, you can, but you have to have your loved one um, buried within, I believe, it's 48 to 72 hours. Each state varies in their laws, um, but typically between 48 and 72 hours, you want your loved one to be go ahead, go ahead and bury if you don't want to um, do the embalming process. Okay. So, Learn- no, it's not required by law. Oh, okay, I learned something new. Okay. Um I know that you I don't know if this ever happened to you I'm quite sure you have Being in the industry so long What happens when a family needs to bury someone And they don't have insurance Nor enough money Like you said It, it seems like I'm looking at your um The back Your, your cabinet back there it looks pretty nice They don't look like no No uh, 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 Cheap furniture store So no. <laughs> So uh, And they and they really need to uh, bury this person. Is there, like you said, is there a a package or does a funeral home have a package where, hey, look, this is the lowest of the low. I know you got to bury this person. I I know you ain't got the money, but we can at least put you in a box. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you? Well, um, <clears throat> when we have families to come in, I ask them to be as honest as they can with me. I know everyone um, cannot bury their loved one. Um, we know that for a fact that everyone is not prepared to bury someone. Um, but I ask the families to be very honest with me about how much can you afford. Once you tell me how much you can, can afford and what your expectations, we'll do our best to meet those expectations. We do have more economical caskets here. We have a casket as low as four ninety five. So it just depends on what you want for your loved one, what fits in your budget. Um, 
now just no payment whatsoever i can't do anything with that my family you know all my family works here of course we have to eat um and um we're doing a service it's our job to provide a service so we would be having we would have to have some type of compensation before final disposition but I always ask families, just be honest with me. Tell me what's going on. Tell me what your expectations are. And we'll try to meet those as best as possible. And most times we do, we can meet their expectations. Um, of course, it'll be more economical with the casket, with the programs. You may or may not have flowers. But we do believe that all lives deserve to be celebrated however the family wants to so that they can have some peace. Because that's what the funeral is really about. It's not about the dead. It's about the living. It's about getting that closure. So whatever the family can come to an agreement with that brings them closure and brings them peace about the loss of their loved one, we're willing to do that. Great. I'm on. This is the last question. And I'm going to let you <laughs> get back to your busy schedule. And okay. so... um and by the way, you look lovely. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that. No problem. Um, this is for the black community. What advice you have for the black community in regards to the funeral process uh, in, pre- in preparation of burying their loved one? This, this is your last question. Okay. I would say, one, get to know your local funeral homes. Get to know the owner. Where most of the owners that I know are very personable. They love they love people. We have to have a love for people to do our jobs effectively. So get to know your funeral home. See who you truly believe when you're entrusting your loved one with them. Who do you trust? Um, second of all, I like to call it the talk of a lifetime. Sit down your family when they're all together and have a talk of a lifetime. Talk about final disposition what do you what would you like because as sure as we're born we will die so you need to talk about um the manner of your disposition do you want to be cremated do you want a funeral um if so how will we be taking care of those funds do you have a bank account set to the side you know with monies for that do you have a pre-need with the funeral home do you have insurance also i believe every child in a family as soon as they're born i really 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 urge people to go ahead and get a policy on them why the younger you are the insurance company is not betting on you to pass anytime soon so you're paying five dollars less than ten dollars a month for insurance policy no we're not betting on that person to die but when they get to be 18 and they get ready to go to college they can borrow against that money that they've been paying all that time if they need it for college or anything else they may need they may need but the younger you are the better your outlook is for insurance policy because age one they're not looking for you to pass away anytime soon you're probably not riddled with a whole lot of different diseases and you know health problems that you get when you're an older age so definitely any child in your family go ahead and get a policy on them that's going to take care of them way down the line at their demise also will take care of them through life if they ever need to borrow against that policy um i don't want to plug any insurance companies but definitely plans like gerber 
those uh, insurance companies, those are really, really good for children. So I would say definitely get everybody in your family that you can get insured, insured, but especially the younger children. If you have um, a spouse, make sure that they have a policy. If you have older parents and maybe the policy may be a little too expensive, go ahead and look at a funeral home that is able to sell pre-needs. Um, you have to have license to sell pre-needs. So check with your funeral home of choice. See if they have license to sell pre-needs. And I'll tell you real quick why it's important to make sure that they have that license. Having a license to sell pre-needs tells the family, tells the community, tells the state of Alabama that this funeral home is actually trusting the money that is given to them for that service. Prior to 2002, we did not have pre-need laws and some shady businesses were pocketing the money. So once your loved one passes away and you come in saying, well, hey, my mom paid for her service and they're saying, well, we don't have any money for your mom. They eliminated that by making sure that there was a pre-need law. So now when you come into the funeral home, you can write up your funeral exactly how you want it before you pass away. You have three years to pay on that service and then it's already paid and you're taking care of it. So say that the funeral costs 5000 in 2022. Say you don't pass away to 2050. You paid on a 2022 price. In 2050, I'm sure our prices will be way more than they are now. But you already locked into those 2022 um, prices. So one, you saved money for your family. You've already put down how you want your services to go, already paid for. And so the family has been alleviated of a whole lot of burden. So if you have older family members who don't have any insurance, definitely look into a pre-need with a funeral home so you can go ahead and start paying on that funeral. So when that time comes, you don't have to worry about how we be taking care of the services. Um, I think that's a really, really big way to um, help your family. And most families that come in that had loved ones that had services, I like to show them a comparison. <clears throat> a lot of our families that are passing now, they um, took out pre-needs in the 80s. So when you look at the prices from the 80s to right now, they're actually paying almost pennies on the dollar for a service. So it's always good to go ahead and take care of that. Even if you're in my age, you can still come in and make a pre-need and hopefully we won't see you for another 50 years. But having that license with the funeral home with the um, state of Alabama says no matter even this funeral home does not exist when you pass away, the state of Alabama has a record of your funeral, how much you paid on that funeral, and it will be honored at another funeral home. So that's always a great way to make sure your family is still taken care of. Um, but just having that talk with your loved ones to just let them know that, you know, as sure as we're born, we're going to have to die. And this is how I need to be taken care of. This is how I wish to be taken care of. And these are the plans that I've set in place for you all. And that's what I really encourage people to do so that they will have um, some peace when um, their loved one passes away. And they are sure that um, they can um, take care of them at that time. Ma'am, you did an excellent job. Uh, and once again, I thank you for coming on the show. Uh, like I said, I reached out to other people and they didn't, they didn't, didn't respond. And mm -hmm. and you didn't have to do this, but I pre truly appreciate it. I just learned, I learned a lot from you today in 30 minutes. I learned a lot. And I never heard of a pre-need, so 
<laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, people need to look into pre needs, um, save money, and they alleviate the burden when your loved one does pass away. Okay, wow. So, like I said, you 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 dropped a lot on me. So to the point that I might have to after this phone after this interview, I'm gonna have to talk to my mom and dad. You get what I'm saying? So Good. I truly pre- I truly appreciate that, sister. I truly do. Um, uh, that's the end of the show. I usually leave out with something, but I don't have much to say about this because the sister did a great job. Um, once again, uh, thank you. And I forgot the name. I ain't going to butcher your last name. So, uh, hey, say, I'm, okay. Hey. I'm Arlene Kate Bushlon with Bushlon Funeral Home in Birmingham, Alabama. Right. So thank you. The Bushlon <laughs> family and, and the, and the, the funeral home for coming on the show. And before I leave, I always say what my slogan is that knowledge is power, economic freedom is salvation. Now, if you put the two together, we can build a great nation. This is Marcus with Rebuke podcast. And I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Mm-hmm.